Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. podcast for Catholics who want to grow in holiness and joy rather than a simple everyday spirituality. I'm your host, Marge steinhake Benlin, and I am so excited to be talking with you today about becoming a master of prayer. That's right, a master of prayer. You know, we can be a master of martial arts. We can be a master of a particular educational discipline or so many other things, a master. And when someone is especially skilled at something, we call them a master. Well, we all, you and I, everybody, we need to become a master of prayer. So what does that mean? And how in the world do you become a master of prayer? Well, let's start with talking about what prayer is. And there's a quote from St. John Vianney, and I like it very much, and I think it fits perfectly. He said, when we love God, prayer will become as familiar to us as breathing, as familiar to us as breathing. So basically, my friend, prayer is the breathing of the soul, the breathing of the soul. Now, when you think about, now I don't participate in yoga, but I know that part of that discipline, part of some of the other calming and stretching types of physical exercises involve breathing, that there's there's a, a technique to the breathing that coincides with the physical movements. And again, no, I'm not condoning yoga because there are some problems there with, with participating in yoga. So, and for lack of a better example, I know they're out there, but right now, um, just not coming to my head, but, but basically, Prayer is the breathing of the soul. So just as when we're pushing ourselves to excel in a physical activity, we need a proper breathing technique. We need oxygen. We need oxygen. And so so to breathe deeply in and out and time that with our physical activities, that's very important for for athletes, for all kinds of, of physical disciplines. Well, If we're talking about a spiritual discipline, then we could say that prayer is the breathing of the soul. When we pray, our soul breathes. 
And we know that in our practical lives, without, without breathing, we don't live. <laughs> we die, basically. We don't get oxygen. We die. And so if we don't get the, let's call it the oxygen of our prayer life, then we die. Our, our soul will waste away. The, the saints often talk about the, the, not only the usefulness, but the necessity of prayer. St. Alphonsus of Wari said, whoever does not pray is already damned. He already carries hell inside of him wherever he goes. Well, that's pretty strong. Those are really strong words. Let me, let me read that again. Whoever does not pray is already damned. He already carries hell inside of him wherever he goes. Now, what he means is, St. Alphonsus is not saying that if you forget your prayers once or twice or even in, for a long time, you're not going immediately to hell. But, but what he means by this is that without prayer, your soul begins to decay. And it's almost as if you're already paving your way to hell by just not praying and not having that, not becoming a, a master of prayer and incorporating that into every aspect of your life. You see, prayer is the conversing of the soul with the most blessed trinity. When we're praying, we're actually conversing with, we're having a conversation with the Blessed Trinity. And in this conversation, God speaks to us. And we hear him, if we allow it, to, if we open our hearts and our minds, we, we accept these promptings of his, these nudges. You know, it's not always going to be, you know, hit your head over, a, you know, hit, your, hit you over the head with a baseball bat kind of, kind of promptings like, oh my gosh, this is just so loud and clear. No, it's, it's generally very gentle, these promptings that God places in our souls when, when we pray. So who do we know that is truly a master of prayer? Well, that would be our Blessed Mother, our dear Blessed Mother Mary. She would have learned because of her place in the plan of salvation, because of her position so close to Christ, she would have learned how to pray the best because she was intimately connected to God. Intimately connected. Not only because she bore Christ within her womb, but because of her ardent and and boundless devotion to God. So she was intimately connected with him. God was always the center of her life. And so she became a master of prayer, a master of conversing with God. And so how did Mary pray? Well, we don't know literally every time she prayed what she did if she had a routine or we don't really know that that's not in scripture what we do know is how she prayed 
in the Magnificat. Just take a look at the, the Magnificat. This, this prayer, the Magnificat, reveals to us the soul of the Mother of God. In the Magnificat, we see, it's as, as if we can, could get a, a sneak peek inside of Mary's heart and soul. And what does she do? What does she do in the Magnificat? She says, my soul proclaims the greatness of my Lord. That's uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 46. My soul proclaims the greatness of my Lord. That, that is how she prayed. It's, it's this conversation with God that begins by saying that her soul can do none other than reflect God's greatness. It, she completely, she completely turns herself, she opens herself and turns herself over to God. That is, that is her prayer. And, you know, and then she goes on to talk about the wonders that God has done, not only in her life, but in the history of the, of the Jewish people, which is also our history. Now, if we think about it right now, if, if we were to be, if we were to be issuing our own Magnificat right now at this very moment, we would see, we would look back in our history and see all the great things that God has done in our lives, all the great things that God has done in the world. And we would proclaim that, proclaim the greatness of God in our lives and in the world around us. So in order to pray well, really, really well, we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. And that is what Mary did. Remember that when she conceived Jesus in her womb, that was through the Holy Spirit. The, the, the incredible, it was once described to me that, that her incredible love for God paved the way that the conception of the incarnation could spontaneously take place. Now we know it was an act of God, but what I'm talking about is just it's as if as if her love burst forth in that in that creative way. Always by the power of God though. So when when St. Francis de Sales would begin prayer, he would say, Come to me, Holy Spirit, and pray in me, for I cannot. You see, that's that's how we become masters of prayer we ask you know if we do it just on our on our own volition it, it's not going to happen why because we're we're frail human beings we're faulty human beings we are tainted with the consequences of, of original sin and so we need the holy spirit to take over so to speak and pray in us because we're of in and of ourselves we're just so inadequate at at praying so so we Pray, we ask the Holy Spirit to come pray in us. Holy Spirit, come pray in me. If we would only do this, if we'd only let that Holy Spirit work in us like that, to just say, just put ourselves in the passenger seat. 
and allow the Holy Spirit to take up the driver's seat. If we could do that, then we would be able to let the Holy Spirit work in us, in our prayer, and praying would become easier and easier, and we would become more and more a master of prayer. This is exactly what our Blessed Mother did, because she was the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I both are as well, but in a very, very special way, the Blessed Mother was the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we want to pray very seriously and interiorly, then it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. We have to allow him, we have to ask him to come and pray seriously and interiorly for us and with us. And in order to do that, for the prayer to, our prayer time to be effective, we have to start with recollection. We have to start with putting everything else aside and focusing only on God and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and pray within us. You know, it's as if, it's just like if you were, if you were wanting to sit down for a discussion, a conversation with a very good friend, perhaps a spouse, someone very important to you, a child, and and how do you how do you approach that conversation? How do you make sure that that conversation is going to be fruitful? Well, certainly you're not going to be diddling on your phone while the person is across from you and half-heartedly carry on a conversation. You're not going to be talking to someone else in the room, on the phone, whatever it is. You're not going to be watching something on the television or streaming something when you are trying to converse or, or hoping to converse with the person across from you. No, what do you do? You put everything else aside and you, you enter an atmosphere where, where it, it's just you and that other person. There aren't any distractions. There aren't any interruptions. And your mind and heart are focused completely on that person. That's when you can begin to have a very fruitful and meaningful conversation. When you look into the eyes of the other. When you actively listen to what the other has to say. When you wait to speak until the other person has finished speaking. These are all the, the means by which we have a very fruitful conversation. Well, it is exactly the same in our prayer. We need to put away all the distractions. We need to not be on our phones unless, unless we are using our phone to pray in the sense that I know that some, there, are, there are apps, the great prayer apps that have the, the prayers and so on. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about diddling around on our phones with other distractions or 
or streaming some entertainment, having, you know, kind of listening for God with one ear, but then really listening to what's going on around us with the other ear. When when our eyes are wandering all over the room and, and we're really not even focused on God at all, that's not, that's going to be counterproductive. No, we need to get rid of all these distractions and focus just on God. You know, the nicest prayer times for me is when I have at least, if not in front of me, around me, sacramentals, crucifix, a picture of our, our Blessed Mother. I personally, I like candles. I like to light candles when I pray. It's There's nothing magical about it. It just is a, a good reminder to me of the light of Christ but but you want it you want the atmosphere to be right just like you want the atmosphere to be right in a human conversation you want the atmosphere to be right in a conversation with God in that prayer time and to at that point say no nothing else comes in the way of this this is my time with God and then really focus on God. Now, it takes practice, which is why we're striving to become a master of prayer. This isn't something that just suddenly you just decide to do and, and, and you're all good at it and you're a master of prayer. This is something that takes, takes practice and discipline over weeks and months and even years for many of us to become a master of prayer means to be very disciplined and dedicated to it, always always calling on the Holy Spirit then to lead the way. And then together, together with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the Blessed Mother to teach us how to pray as she did, then eventually, yes, we become more masterful at at praying to to master prayer truly you know right now i think there are so many distractions in the world that it's getting i know for myself let me just speak for myself it's becoming harder and harder to tune them out and focus just on me and God. Because what I really want to do, my tendency, is to sit down in my prayer time and say, okay, all right, this is it. Like, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. Please, why did you allow this thing to happen? Why did you allow that thing to happen? Will you please help me with this? And I don't like that. And on and on and on. So it's, it's, it isn't me listening to God, but it's, it's more me just, just telling God what I want from him and what I want him to do. That's that's not real prayer. That's not being a master of prayer because that's not about relationship at all. That's that's about giving directives and and trying to manipulate God. That's not relationship. That's not that's not masterful prayer. Masterful prayer is when you have your time with God and it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. 
It doesn't matter what's going on in your other relationships. And I know that's really hard. It's hard for me too. Because because what what we're talking about is is letting everything else go to the sidelines and only only and this is this, when you when you can do this and you know you become a master at prayer when you when it's only about you and God and absolutely nothing else when nothing else enters your mind nothing else unsettles you nothing unsettles you in general but it's only about your awareness that right now with the help of the holy spirit you are communicating with the blessed trinity think about that just for a minute my friend that's that is that's huge and and i think only a few times in my life i have actually reached that point that is it, you know you can tell i've got a long way to go to be a master of prayer but those who are masters of prayer these are the folks who can be kneeling in the middle of a very noisy church you know i, I think especially of of the after mass you know everybody gets up right away they're talking and it's all kinds of noise and distraction when when really that's the time we should be saying our prayer of thanksgiving and thanking our lord for the gift of that holy mass and and there are at our parish there are a number of people who do stay after and there is one woman in particular that that no matter how chaotic it is in, in with the people getting ready to leave and talking and saying hi, so all that stuff. It, it, she is absolutely, she doesn't move a muscle. She doesn't move a muscle. She does not look around. She is kneeling perfectly still, and she is looking up at that crucifix. That is a master of prayer. She is not letting anything. I don't know what's going on in her heart. I know that. I don't know what she's speaking to God or hearing from God. But by just looking at her countenance, it just seems like she's really connected with God right now. And that's all she's about is being connected with God. And you see, that's the goal of being a master of prayer to be that the only thing you're about is being connected to God, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 10 hours, whether it's over the course of days that you are connected with God and that is all that matters. That's all that matters. When you can, figuratively speaking, look into the eyes of God and allow him to look back into your eyes. You see, this is what the Blessed Mother could do. This is where we need to be. This is where we need to focus and pray for that, that grace to be able to become a master of prayer. It's okay during our prayer times to, to give, you know, to, to speak out our petitions and empty our heart, share our deepest pains, and worries with the Lord. But 
in the context of opening our hearts to him, not in the context of saying, I need, I want. Do you see the difference? It's, it's opening your heart and allowing yourself to be very vulnerable to God. Lord, I hurt here and here, and I'm feeling pain about this. But don't forget also the joys, because a conversation is going to quickly descend into hmm, sullenness if all we're talking about is what is the negatives. We need to talk about the positives. And so we need to share with God what brings us joy. Why? Why? What are the what are the things right now or or in recent, you know, just in recent history and our, you know, our daily lives that have brought us joy? To share that. This is about opening our hearts to God and and for us to also look into them and to allow the joy of God to fill our hearts, no matter what's going on in our lives, to allow that joy. You know, the I've, I've often described joy as the, the, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within our souls. The, the, almost as if we could erupt in joyous laughter. It's the, that's the Holy Spirit within us. He brings us such great joy. And so we, we ask the Holy Spirit to please help us to feel that joy and to deepen our relationship with God. Then, when we can do that, then we can allow and feel that deep dwelling of God in our hearts. The deep dwelling of God in our hearts. When, when our conversation with God cannot be bothered by anything, that's becoming a master of prayer. And I know that you can get to that level. I know that I can get to that level. Why? Because the Blessed Mother wants the best for us, and so she will continue to advocate for us and to pray for us and to guide us and comfort us, and because we have the huge gift to be able to call on the Holy Spirit to pray in us. You see, and that's when you master, a master at anything. They don't just do it and do it well when they feel like it. You see, they do it and they do it well for the sake of doing it well. They do it despite their feeling lazy or inadequate, whatever it is. The, the, the master of a discipline does it because it's time to do that. It's time to perform that duty, whatever it is. Okay, this is the same with the master of prayer. We don't do it just, oh, when we feel like it or, oh, when it feels good but that we have mastered prayer and that it becomes an essential part of our practical life. And so we do it because it is essential, not because it's a, a feel-good moment. You know, it's not like uh, sitting down and, and eating a big bowl of popcorn because you were craving it. No, 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 no. 
being a master of prayer, this is exercising that discipline that I need to pray. It's time to pray. And then invite the Holy Spirit into your prayer time so that he takes over and guides you and draws you up into that supernatural world of God's grace and providence. So, my friend, I know you can do it. You can become a master of prayer. I will absolutely be praying for you. And I ask you to please pray for me. In the meantime, please check out my website, margefenelin.com. You can find there my other podcasts. You can find my videos, my books, my blog is there. You've, my bookstore is there. I've got all of my books available to you. I've got religious items that will help you in your spiritual life. You can find out there how to book me for a speaking engagement, a retreat, or bring me to your parish to do a workshop, or a seminar, conference, whatever you need. Let's talk about it and let's get it done. I can also do online events. Happy to set that up with you as well. So MargeFenelin.com. Also, a bonus, when you go to my website, MargeFenelin.com, I have there for you a free ebook. It's my nine prayers I say every day. These are nine prayers that are essential to me that I think will become essential to you. Do you have to pray all nine every day? No, absolutely not. Use the ones that speak to you as they speak to you, it's it's a help for you. Nine prayers I say every day, and it's in a great format because it's an ebook. You'll be able to download it easily, have it accessible at any time on your phone or your computer, your tablet. Nine prayers I say every day. That's at margefenelin.com. Thank you so very much for joining me. Please do me a favor. Help the others in your life become masters of prayer by sharing this podcast with them. And until soon, my friend, please remember that the only thing stopping you from becoming holy is excuse to make for not pursuing it. May God bless you, my dear friend, and may our Mother Mary protect and guide you. I will be praying for you, and I ask you to please pray for me. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.